Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. I'm one of your hosts, Rai. And I'm your other host, Chris. Hello. Uh, we are not a spoiler-free podcast, so please make sure you have watched the film or films we are talking about before you listen in. And, and, are you ready? And, and with the magic of podcasting, you can press pause right now. And now we're in spoiler territory. <laughs> spoiler! <laughs> so today we're taking it back in time, and we are talking about the OG, The Blair Witch Project. Yes, this is the first of a three-parter episode uh, where we're reviewing the Blair Witch franchise. Um, we really like doing these franchise episodes, so... Um, Just a lot of fun. It yeah. is. It is. <laughs> so we're, gonna, we're, we're tackling a very iconic, instrumental, and in uh, landmark film. Um, uh, I would say... Uh, Blair Witch was very, very he- like it, like it's heavily responsible for revive uh, for reviving the first person found footage horror genre. I mean, it's done before it's been done before, but uh, when this movie came out in 1999, it really kicked it off. It inspired like a new legion of horror films like Cloverfield, Wreck, Quarantine. Um, so many others that I failed to mention at this moment, but um, <laughs> it, it, it it was just at the time uh, when it came out, it was um, it, it just it was something that no one had seen before, and that's due to a lot, or it's due to its really unique production style and its backstory, plus. Uh, in an age where the internet wasn't quite the internet internet we know now, um, this was like pretty much hands down like the first horror movie with a really successful, aggressive, analog, vile marketing campaign. Um, like it generated buzz through the creators literally creating their own creating their own um mythology and passing off as real like they like there was it was crazy to me like one of the biggest facts that i didn't know about this movie they actually created a mockumentary um about the blair witch witch legend which was entirely fake or or entirely fictional i didn't know that either and they they screened this doc documentary or mockumentary on the sci-fi channel as if it were real like months before the actual movie premiered um and when the movie came out, they were heavily advertising that the actors um, were still considered missing or deceased or just never found. Um, and they created websites and marketing, or not, well, I guess like the early proto websites, plus all, all of this aggressive print marketing. And, and of course, like by word by mouth, um, especially after like Sundance and stuff, uh, where people became inundated with this knowledge that this was real, this was found footage, this, and it created this massive divide of like, oh yeah, this was real, this is fake, and all that buzz just generated more curiosity and it hit it up in theaters. 
um, when that was actually released, two major milestones of like modern filmmaking and cinematography and just like the movie making business as we are today was it's owed to the Blair Witch Project, which is awesome. That's great. Yeah, they actually had um, missing posters of the actors posted up all over Maryland to sort of like keep this going. But it's it's funny you should say you said that that the Blair Witch Project like reinvented the genre, which is ab- 150% correct. Uh, a lot of people actually said that the Blair Witch Project invented the genre, and I don't like the movie I'm about to mention, but technically this one did it first. It is a horrifyingly disturbing movie from 1980 called Cannibal Holocaust. I mean, a lot of comparisons to Blair Witch I found were, I mean, a lot of people would say, like, I I guess some critics would say that this movie was directly inspired by Cannibal Holocaust. So that that totally changed. A hundred percent. Except the difference being is the director of the Blair Witch Project did not go to court and, like, after being accused of murder. (laughs) Because... Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, that that's a totally I don't think I could ever do an episode on that. That movie was so I saw it once and once was enough. It was so horribly disturbing. It was worse than the Green Inferno. But we're not talking about that. I hadn't seen the Blair Witch Project in a very, very long time. And even though I still remembered everything that happened, I was actually still genuinely scared. <laughs> While I was watching this movie and I was watching it while the sun was coming up, like very early in the morning. So everything was still pitch black outside. And if I heard like a leaf rustle outside, I (laughs) felt like I was going to like shit myself. Like like, things like this are why I don't want to go camping, even Mm. though I have been camping. I was a camp counselor and we had to use campgrounds like we took the kids on camping trips like all the time. And I'll never forget one of my kids woke me up in the middle of the night because she had to go to the bathroom. You can't let the kid go by themselves. You have to go with them. So I'm out here with a flashlight and a child and I have to, like, be cool. (laughs) (laughs) And all I can think about is the Blair Witch Project and how, like, like, something's going to happen. We heard a t- like a twig snap in the distance, and I was like, it's okay, it's just a bear, which of course scared the eight-year-old, but I was like, I'd rather think it's a bear than a, like a witch or some shit. Oh, gosh. It's, it honestly, it, it holds up so well. Mm-hmm. And uh- it really, like, in, in a lot of recent found footage horror movies, there's this one moment that really stood out to me. They're running, and you hear them screaming, Oh God, oh my God, what is that? But you never see what the fuck they're talking about. You just know that these people are genuinely terrified, and they're and they're gone. I feel like in a lot of recent found footage horror movies, in a moment like that, they would turn around and you would see whatever it was, which kind of takes you out of the moment. It does another kind of scare, but it's much more terrifying to have people running just blind into the woods going, oh my God, what is that? And you're like, I, d- I don't know. I don't know what it is, but what are you doing? In and it was way, just so effective. Yeah, in that way, I feel like this movie is a lot like a... Um, I don't think it, w- it was meant to be this way, but it felt like a Lovecraftian f- like 
story because like you have like this mysterious entity whether it's like the witch or um like the spirit of the witch or some some like horrific supernatural force and you never ever see it um and um but it's that fear of the unknown or fear of the unseen that really it, it just it uh, ex- accentuates and emphasizes the horror because, like, th- your mind starts to like dream up of all these horrific visages or like visuals, and like, often what your brain concocts, like, it's just far more terrifying than what you're actually seeing on the screen. Because, like, it's it could be so easy just to reveal what's the witch looks like, and people be like, Oh, that looks corny, or that looks cheap, there's all oh, that's not scary, but like, the fact that you never know straight from the beginning to the end um i think it's just a really nice choice and uh, one of the production notes i found interesting was uh one of the the creative team um they actually they actually dressed up um like in all white and they had a wig uh and this is while they're doing their night shoots um so originally when they were filming they had someone dress up as a witch um but this the actors um playing one of the three students they forgot to pan the camera to the left while running through the night so they just ended up not like reshooting and i thought i was like oh well i mean i think that was a smart decision and it just matter of factly they they just didn't it just didn't work like that like that during production um so either Thank way, you for I mean, forgetting the- to turn the camera, please. <laughs> like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. Uh, so just for a quick recap, uh, if you made it this far and you haven't watched the film yet, uh, press pause and then move ahead for like uh, like two or three minutes and then press play again. Uh, so the, the premise of this movie is very simple. Uh, three college-age students... Um, they go camping in, or they travel and they go camping in Burkittsville, Maryland to film a documentary about the Blair Witch. Um, so in the beginning, they begin to interview locals who provide spoopy uh, urban legends and or real stories um, uh, involving murder or grisly tales about the woods are haunted. Um, and over the course of four days, they uh, travel deep into the forest. Um, they capture footage. They see um, weird things like like this graveyard of uh, with like these totemic rock formations, um, and they see like these weird stick men hung around the forest. And night after night, uh, they're being harassed by unseen forces and one by one um they start to disappear and it culminates in um all this all of them dying in the end and we never see what happens yes. to them. um but it's terrifying and we see, we see over the course i guess they were lost in the woods for maybe like five days um and it's like a slow descent of madness as um, you know, the the toll of being of exhaustion and hunger and this existential dread and terror um, that's following them quite literally. Yeah, I mean, they might have 
just from just from a human standpoint, I did find it really funny that they had enough batteries and power in the cameras to use them for longer than they were going to need them. Mm-hmm. But they ran out of food in two days. They ran out of food. They they did I they didn't have like a backup like map. Um and oh the days of maps the days of you maps. youngins and, 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 and I, I understand like you know this is this being like 1999 like i don't cell phones were like not that advanced but they it, it seemed like they all they did was contact people by pay phones but at least if you're gonna go out of the woods like i don't know they Coming from a Boy Scout perspective, they were horribly ill-prepared. Like, they didn't have, like, a knife. They didn't have a signal flare. They didn't have extra maps. They didn't have, like, markers. Uh, or or the... Or the uh, it kind of makes it a little bit frustrated. It's like, oh, no, just... There's so many things you have to prepare for. Like, I don't know. Um, and But beyond I, that, I mean... I, w- I was sitting there watching it, and even in 2019, this movie still feels so so real and so much more realistic than a lot of the stuff that you see today. Don't, don't get me wrong, there are some great found footage horror movies up there. I came across a great video talking about six of six found footage horror movies that you absolutely have to see if you're like a fan of horror. Um, I will write a blog post about it just to see whether I completely agree, partially agree, or completely disagree with the video. Obviously, the Blair Witch is in there, but there, this this movie was so successful, I feel like, for so many reasons, and forgetting about all the marketing surrounding it, because you're watching this now, you're not really submerged in the marketing any uh, in the marketing of it anymore the first time i watched this i watched it on vhs this is in 1999 like i i I couldn't i couldn't see this in theaters like that wasn't something i was gonna do but there's there's just the it has this just this quality to it that takes you back and scares the shit out of you i agree the best way possible film quality it um it looks it looks t- like timeless or not timeless it looks it looks very accurate from its from its era um the performance like i was i did not know about this about the performance like the movie didn't have a script it was entirely improv um and um they had like generic plot beats um and some some of the i guess some of the the conversations or the comes the dialogue actually were informed by actual like feelings of frustration or exhaustion or what have you and the one particular scene that really illustrated this was that scene where uh josh points the camera on donahue and he he keeps yelling at her what's your motivation what's your motivation and this was after days of like being out in the woods without food and being her like being like quote unquote um harassed at night 
by the production team to do all the night shots. Um, so in a way, in like certain parts of the film, they were not just like really in-depth method acting. They were like genuine like catharsis and that just made it all more real. Um and and it was like unlike anything else produced because like the the actors were also the camera people. Um, actually, the one of the big reasons why Donahue was cast for the role is because she knew ahead of time how to properly uh, operate one of those complex cameras they were using during the movies, which was really cool. I think that Blair Witch, Hell House LLC, the first one. Um, as above, so below, and grave encounters are all really great examples of well done found footage movies. They each do something different with it. They're all sort of creepy and scary in their own right, and I think they're all extraordinarily successful in the way they achieve the films that they've released so watching this back i found myself comparing it to the things that came afterwards but not in a bad way if anything it was in a way that yeah you you were great at this and so successful at it so you paved the way for these movies to do what they did with themselves and i think that that says says a lot to the people who came up with this that being said, it does make me scared for the 2016 movie and the sequel that we're going to do the episodes <laughs> on because I don't know anything about them. I The only thing that I know is that the sequel fucking tanked. Yeah. And I heard, I did hear good things about the 2016 movie. I did hear good things about that too. Um... But I'm skeptical as fuck for the same reason that this movie was so good. The whole not showing you what they were running after and all of that. I can guarantee you, and I hope I'm wrong, but I'm sitting here and as of this recording, I firmly believe that in the 2016 movie, that camera's going to turn around at some point and you're going to see a witch. And it's going to be stupid. And I'm going to get mad. Because that's not what this is about. Do you, Okay, do you think... If you do, assuming you do see the witch, you think it's a big practical effects or CGI? Because CGI, CGI, because it's, it's like... 2016. A lot of a lot of things that are done less with practical effects and more with CGI. You know, it it really it, it's 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 weird. So, as above, so below has CGI effects, but. The rest of the movie is so well done. And a lot of the locations are real. So I can sort of ignore it and let it go and not really let it bother me. But with something like the Blair Witch, with this original mythos that they created specifically for this movie. If you're going to do a cheap thing like show the witch, the least you can do is have it be practical effects. If not, it better be some of the most realistic CGI I've ever seen in my fucking life. Mm. Or the CGI is just used in the 
uh well uh, like a good enough way where you can't really tell or you're on the fence or it just so shows you something that's just so horrifically hor- so horrifically fucked up that you couldn't make it any other way but cgi like the um, yeah i mean i've seen i've seen stuff on instagram that on and youtube that's floating around that cgi but it's like it's done in such a way that it's like really unnerving to look at mm. it's like a creature woman thing climbing up the side of a building and there's someone behind her or some shit like that. It's unnerving to look at and it's all CGI, but it's so well done that I could see that inside of a Blair Witch Project sort of thing. You know, like, um, like as a callback to like the ritual uh, which is uh, a, a great film we we reviewed earlier. So if you haven't, oh, on Netflix, episode, check yes. It out. Um, but yeah, like if if the reveal of the witch is not actually like a witch, it's like some eldritch force being, like that creepy, like deer stag human hybrid thing. Like holy shit, fantastic! I would love that. That'd be awesome. Fantastic! Yeah. I would love that. I just, I I can't help. But wonder. So remember the woman that they interviewed, where everyone's oh, like, like Mary, "Oh, she's crazy." Mary Brown, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Oh, she's crazy. Ignore her." Blah 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 blah. The way she described the witch was like she had hair all over her. Mm-hmm. And I would hate for them to think, "Oh, we should. This is how we should make the witch as an homage to the way the not so crazy crazy lady described her." Mm-hmm. Uh, I could well, totally I'm... see that that I would be I would be so mad. That would just <laughs> ugh, ugh. But well, can you not see someone doing that? I I liked how um when they filmed it, they gave like multiple stories. Like they had they gave like the story like the hairy woman and then there was a story of the little girl who came back and she said, oh, it's like a, a woman who whose feet never touched the ground, so she was flying. Um, I mean, they gave, like, conflicting uh, stories or depictions of the witch, but you never really knew, and we never really see what happened in the end. Um, nope. So, in the end, it's still up to the imagination. Um, it, it could not... I mean, the witch, as we know of, she might not be humanoid at all she might be some crazy eldritch force spirit you know um and i like that way i like i like you know the theater of the mind um love crashing angle because like it's you could just think of infinite scenarios or permutations and i i I get i i generally feel like if if we see what uh, unless unless some altar like dreams up like the most fucked up thing ever um i feel like for the most cases like i'll be disappointed with the end result um you know i'd rather just keep the picture in my head uh however changing and amorphous it will be like i think what i'll dream of my head will always be a little bit more creepier than what i see on the screen oh a hundred percent uh a hundred percent i I'm trying to think there's a quote. Oh, well, we can edit that part out because I'm not going to remember it. But I think that that's why young minds are the most impressionable. Because 
Think of like the boogeyman. The boogeyman could be anything. And yet everyone has a version. Every small child, every adult, every whatever has their own version of the boogeyman that may not be scary to someone else, but it's fucking terrifying to you. So however I would think the Blair Witch would look might not be how you would envision it. But either way, it's still something that scares us. So to break the illusion and to show that to us, I don't know. I, it's 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 not like it's not like you're making a movie about it or any sort of Stephen King Lovecraftian horror monster where there is a description where there's an identity but you can take liberties with it. This is something they made up which already was risky to do, and yet they did it beautifully. And they they put a lot of, like, they put, like, two years' worth of production for uh, into this movie, and they, they made it look so effortlessly, like, they, or, or without effort. Like, it, it, the movie legit feels like, like a homegrown college movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, you know, the fact that they, one, created their own lore, and two... Like, like again, making a mockumentary that premiered on the Sci-Fi Channel just to create the illusion that it was real, like that, just still blows my mind, and that's incredible. I well, okay, so <laughs> Burkitt's <laughs> Burkittsville, Maryland, is not happy about any of this. They were actually, they're like, we didn't want any of this. All of this was super uninvited. And I feel actually kind of terrible because can you imagine how many people like flocked to this one teeny tiny little town? Oh yeah, when this actually, came um, out after the movie premiered, I don't think this. I don't think the house at the end of the movie was actually in Burkittsville, but so many. Fans. How many people went to the fucking woods to try and find that stupid house? Well, that one, one that, and they two, they actually found that house and. And they actually were breaking off pieces of the house to take them home. No! Years. And I think after this happened so many times, uh, they, I think, I guess like the county or state government or whatever governing body, they, it was ordered for them to demolish the building because, you know, it was just happening too much and it was creating. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Uh, I, I bet a, you people again, still go scouts, camping I'm in those a, I'm woods. I'm a huge fan of like leave no trace. So like if you, yeah, if you want to go visit the house, do it. Go but visit I, the house. Don't but, take a piece of it with you yeah, though. Like leave it preserved so other people can enjoy it. But now no one can enjoy it now because pe- too many it's people it's gone. Are demolishing it or vandalizing it or, um, and then now no one can enjoy it in that way anymore. I mean, I feel like I would have gone in there and like taken pictures and then left. Because that's how you sort of immortalize that. You don't take a piece of a decrepit house with you. It's like, sorry, you just don't do that. I, yeah, I see that, you know, I don't know. I bet people I, still go camping in those woods, though. I'm sure people do. I mean, if you do, please. I mean, I, I guess, you know, like, one, I mean, we live in an age where cell phones and technology are so convenient but you know you do you shouldn't rely too hard on technology because you know sometimes you have zero service that's why you should bring a, bring a flare gun learn how to use a compass learn how to actually read a map um you know 
please tell like wherever you are or whoever or whoever like your close ones where you are where exactly you'll be where do you park your car maybe inform your local <laughs> authorities around the are like hey we're gonna be here um like you, you just can't take that risk it's just well the first guy that went missing was like my girlfriend's definitely gonna notice so at least he had someone I'm still like so impressed with this movie. And I feel bad that the actress like hates that shot of her, but it's like the most iconic shot in the movie. Everyone yeah. knows which one I'm talking about. The nose, the nose with the snots <laughs> and the crying. And I know like it's not your most attractive moment, and I feel bad that like you don't like that shot, but it is fucking iconic. It's really iconic. And like I loved how I remember seeing so many references that to that for, like for Halloween. My favorite like someone who reference... walked around with a camera just like this. <laughs> <laughs> like I know like South Park has done it. Like my personal favorite reference to it. Um gosh, like I don't know how long it this was after the movie came out, but um Scooby Doo or Cartoon Network did a spoof on it for like a short ad. So, um, I forget who it was. I think it was like was it Velma or Daphne? It was one of the, it was one of the girls of the of the Mystery Gang. Um, and it was that same shot. I think it was a I, I not of I think I think it was Velma. Uh, and Velma, or you can still only see like the top half of her face, and <laughs> in the same like uh, hysterical tone. She was saying, "We shouldn't have meddled. We shouldn't have meddled." I I keep cracking up because like that's it's so cool it's, and um it was so on point. Um and I it just makes me I, I feel like this is really bittersweet where I generally feel like we'll never have a movie made like this ever again. Um because it was just rooted in a very specific place and time where like yeah. Uh, it's like you don't have like they didn't have like the extent of like cell phones and and they I think also it was just a time where they or the, well they I mean it's been done before but like they captured this type of storytelling this type of movie making that's now been done a million times over like they were the first to like really capture like lightning in a bottle and um they were they were really brave about taking a risk like i uh i was reading about uh the ending where during test screenings which after... one there were four alternate yeah, well, endings the, the one the theatrical ending um so that was the original ending. It's just the camera goes over and you just hear like the whirring, right? That's it. Yeah. You don't see so, anything. Yeah. The, the one you see in the in the in the theaters or on your VHS, the, the original cut. That was the original mm. ending that they shot, and that was. That's they, perfect. I don't know why they shot the other four fucking endings. There well, was because, nothing like, wrong with the way they it tested ended. It with audiences, and there were there. It was scary, but they were confused, so they went back and they shot additional endings, and I found it really endearing. How they end up sticking with the original first ending is because um, it wasn't what you would expect or the viewer expect, and I, I just loved how they stuck to their guns. They didn't go for like they didn't like cave. They didn't pander. They didn't 
um i, I the ending they chose just created mysteries like oh what the hell's going on like why is bike standing in the corner is it um i mean i think was it a callback to the legend where the killer made the kid stand in the corner while he killed the other guy or is it just was mike possessed we don't know uh but it just created like this weird creepy ending that you that left you confused and in a way just made you all the more like terrified like it's like oh my god what the fuck just happened um and i really i really appreciate how they just really stuck to their guns uh on that do you think it's possible for a horror director to create something that exists isolated in time that way in 2019 or into well in the upcoming not in 2019 but in the upcoming 2020 that could still have that quality that would be frozen in time like a capsule like that uh i feel like the only th- or do you think it's come and gone because we're too cuz i don't know if there's a director that would be willing to not have technology become a huge part of the way they do things I mean, um, your first reaction in a horror movie is to check if you have cell phone service. That that wasn't always the case. I I think the only way I think uh, an experience akin to this could be made is if a movie was shot like uh like legit shot and produced entirely on like an iPhone, which has been done before. Um. I think that will be interesting to see because, like, uh, it, I I know you can make really amazing and convincing and high quality video just with your smartphone. The other thing that I think will be really interesting, um, maybe I don't know if this is possible as uh, a full fledged film. I I feel like someone would be able to get away with it if they made it as like a fa hoax or like a like an internet spoof vid where something like the Blair Witch experience but shot over the series of an Instagram feed or like a series of Snapchat videos or something like that um but just I feel like they've tried to do that though and it doesn't really work like they use unfriended and it uses the video camera in your laptop which Mm. doesn't which doesn't really do anything i i would love to see see someone try to do that to try and recreate a time capsule movie like that i i i mean it would be a friggin struggle because half the shit that exists now didn't exist in the 90s you would have to really work at it or someone's just playing the long game they wait until like 2040 and then they're like okay so this this movie was filmed with really old school sony cameras this i found this disc this, uh, i found this old school d like cd rw and it has video data on it and it's just like the blair witch all over again but like on a somewhat older format but like not as old as to now so i don't know i, I think i don't know I think right now, I think it's just something that's going to be really hard to replicate and or emulate. Um, 
I mean, then we always have this as the perfect time capsule then. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, why it holds up is because there really, I don't think there really is anything else like that. Um, I think Paranormal Activity is the second closest we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Because they used cameras in that in that movie that I used in my media homeroom in middle school. <laughs> so that, you know... That's I think that's as close as we might we might get. And Paranormal Activity was wild. The first one was wildly successful. I, I'm not gonna say anything about the other ones because you can see them like stepping over the strings and like the second and third ones when they like pull open the cabinets and stuff and it kind of ruins <laughs> the whole thing for you. <laughs> like not not great. But the first one was awesome. Mm. And the budget was ridiculously low. Yeah, I mean And did super well. I mean feels like this show, like you don't need a I think I love it when You don't like need these. a lot. Yeah. And it's just like You just need a really Amazing creative imagination. Yeah, you need like a, a Cracker Jack like vision and then um, talent and then you just got to be really creative about how you just go about the process. Um, so, ah, man, Sleeper Hits. Sle- uh, sleeper Hits has just paid off so well. Like I, I was, I was quite, I was blown away. Like Blair Witch, their budget was like 60K and uh, the amount what? of gross they made in the box office was easily like a hundredfold, and it's, it's even still today. It's like one of the most successful indie films of all time, which is like power to them. That's awesome, and and like just I mean we'll we'll um expand on this in the future episodes, but it inspired like so many sequels and a video game and a comic book and. It just it just launched a thousand ships, and I I've I don't, I don't know, I mean I never say never, but I don't know if we'll ever have that kind of movie again. Um, that's why we have to enjoy this one. I mean, you might be right, but I think that that's why we need to enjoy this one while we have it. Yeah. Which makes me happy that I got to see Blair Witch Project on VHS in someone's house. At an all-female sleepover, because we thought that was a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so good. Yeah, I remember watching the similar format. It was like a VHS, also like a sleepover party. And then, like, I think this is my third time watching it. The second yeah! time, The second time was not too long after that first watch, where I was in the Philippines, and we... we brought like a whole bunch of stuff to like don't to donate to my cousins and we ended up watching the Blair Witch project and like nice. oh my god my cousins were so messed up after that <laughs> I yeah I I think that I'm going to say it again I think that this movie is frozen in time in the best way possible and if you haven't seen this movie in a while do yourself a favor Turn off the lights, turn it on, and just sit there and watch it and enjoy the shit out of it because you will. I really think this holds up just like so well. Mm-hmm. Most indeedly. Um, so Ryan, oh, how, yes. out of how many 
out of how many witches? Six out of out five, five witches, witches. How many witches would you give it? Six out of five witches. Yes, I agree. Six out of five. Because Stick I really people. can't love this enough. I am, I am, I guess I'm just like feeling stupid nostalgic for this. I can't, oh, it's just. Yeah. I like, I started watching it again before we, uh, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> before we started recording. Hell yeah. <laughs> like this movie, it like, it aged like wine and it felt really Which, timeless. Coincidentally enough, I'm, I'm drinking while we're recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. I really didn't have anything to complain about this movie. Like honestly, it's it's just really well done, and like the just reading all the background production notes. Um, I already just aired my grievances, and they were the so more. small. Yeah, I already aired my grievances. It was so small, so I really don't even care. I honestly, I have nothing bad to say about this mm-hmm. movie. Now, I don't think that could be said for the sequel. I mean, well, we're not we're not recording that yet. But stay tuned. Uh, yeah, like I did say, it received a lot of bad reviews. So oh, I, we <laughs> might tear that apart. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I I'm excited. To, like okay, I don't. I I like that we enjoy a lot of the stuff that we watch for this podcast. I think it makes for a nice change of pace if we get to shit all over something. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we, we I hope on something not too long ago. It was like, wait, like yes, we're not talking about that. We're not. We're not going there. But <laughs> I, I really hope I get to shit all over this, only because I'm so nervous for Blair Witch 2016. Like, so nervous. <laughs> so nervous chris i don't i don't know how i'm going to feel about it so i'm very excited to get to the sequel well we got we got two weeks <laughs> we got two weeks well we'll build our we'll build our way up to it um yeah i don't know i i'm really excited and again i'm really excited that we're doing another franchise episode our franchise series i enjoy it when we do franchises we have uh, at least two more planned in the near future one of them is long the other one is only three movies just like this so it's quite short um but i i I enjoy i enjoy doing franchises because i think that it's just a little different and they're all obviously going to be different um so i'm excited Mm mm-hmm and especially something as iconic as this. Yes. Um, yeah, this this definitely de- deserved like the extra special treatment just of how much of a landmark and cultural touchstone this was. And uh, you, heard it, you heard it from us. Six out of five witches. There you go. Six out of five witches each. Done. Indeed. Twelve witches. Indeed. We're screwed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I think that about wraps it up, huh? <laughs> yeah. On that note, thank you for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify every Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left for Dread Pod. You can find us on Facebook, and you could check us out on our website at leftfordread.com. And uh, don't forget, uh, you have a bit of homework to do. So we are watching the sequel to The Blair Witch Project. Um, Again, uh, we haven't recorded the second episode yet. 
Um, you still have time. We still, you still have time. <laughs> we have no idea how it will go, but you know, it could be good. It could be bad. Uh, who knows? But stay tuned. Um, so you want to follow along, watch that movie, and uh, you know, as always on Fridays, we'll post the next episode, and um, we would love to hear your thoughts about the Blair Witch Project and any of the other ones that we'll be reviewing during this franchise miniseries and um oh and also um um if you played the blair witch video game which came out august of this year let us know um i yes we may or may not be able to get to it um but for me i don't care about spoilers so if you played the game uh send us a message and let us know your thoughts on it um yes Right, so Blair Witch Part 2 Electric Boogaloo will happen next week. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, <laughs> stay dreadful! Stay <laughs> <laughs>